Hi, everyone. Welcome to Journey to Develop Her podcast. I'm your host, Deontay Chantel. And today we have a special guest, Dr. Antoine Thurston out of Florida. How are you today? I'm doing well, Deontay. Blessed, blessed. Happy to be here. Excited. Dr. Antoine is the host of Real Talk with Dr. T. That's his podcast. That's his brand platform. And we are so excited to have you here today. So thank you for coming on again. And me and Dr. Anton actually have been Facebook friends for a number of years. But this is our like first in-depth conversation about the topic we're going to talk about today. And we're focusing on, because it is 2022, early 22 at the moment, we're talking about goals. So we released a podcast recently on financial and credit goals. Now we're talking about mental health goals, which is more for, and spiritual goals, which is far more important than all of the rest, right? So you're the perfect person to have this dialogue with. It's very important. Your testimony is very powerful. I, and I told you um, before we recorded that I wish we had this conversation about three years back. It would have truly blessed my family, but it's not too less to not too late, excuse me, to bless many others that's going to be listening to this podcast. So we're going to get into it. You are the author of My Bondage and My Freedom. I believe the subtitle is From the Mental Institution to the Pulpit, right? Tell us about <clears throat> some of the things that people can do today to impact their mental health goals. What are, what are some of the things that you would recommend that people do? Definitely some things that can be um, implemented. One I'll say there are we are three three we are three part being. We are spirit, soul, body. Spirit, that's the spiritual aspect um, that connects us to God. The soulish realm is the mind, will, and emotions. We have emotions where where we we are human. And then there's the biological aspect of humanity, that's our body. Spiritually, we need spiritual connection with God. Without spiritual connection with God, we would begin to suffocate spiritually. But the natural aspect as well, for when it comes to the three aspects, you need one, you need a connection with God. That's going to help you mental health. Hope with hope and purpose. Purpose comes from God. It doesn't come from any other place, any other source. Identity comes from God. Even scientists, psychologists will tell you those that have been able to find purpose or able to navigate through their hurt and pain better than those that weren't. So the natural, the spiritual aspect is to find purpose, which is only in God and Christ Jesus. That's that's the foundation. I'll say like that. It's like building a house. You have to have a firm foundation. Secondly, the soulish realm, mind and will and emotions. Definitely meditation. Meditating on that which is good, like that which is pure, as Philippians 4 tells us. Make sure we regulate our thinking regulate our mind and we are and we understand and differentiate between the spiritual aspect of mind development and the natural aspect of mind development what do i mean when it comes to the mind and the soulish realm making sure we are we have self-awareness right. because without self-awareness if you're not aware of how you think and what you're thinking you can't control it so journaling i will and i would recommend journaling getting a journal and I also finding that accountability partner like therapy, Christian counselor or pastor or counselor, 
or just also having that accountability aspect where you can vent, but you also need people that are certified and qualified to help you regulate your mind and become aware of how you think. You can't change something if you're not aware of it. The, the biological aspect of health is you can be eating the wrong foods and it can affect your mental health, your brain. Our brain is an organ like the heart and the lungs. Right. If something goes wrong with that organ, it's going to malfunction and become dysfunctional and not do what it's supposed to do. So making sure we're in an environment that is conducive to brain health, brain health, meaning caffeine can, can cause, can harm your mental health. Too much sugar can harm your mental health because it causes insulin spikes. Being exposed to gases, smoking, uh, marijuana, beer, alcohol, damages the brain. That's the biological aspect. So we want to be careful what we ingest biologically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, just as a, as a in the general sense. That's good. It just blessed me. And I'm sure you would probably also say what we're watching, what we're listening to. Uh, yes, our, definitely. You know, our eye gates and our ear gates. Yeah. I mean, yes. I had COVID at the beginning of this year or at the end of this year. And I had my own spiritual goals that I had to achieve. And as soon as I got COVID, you know, that went out the window because I was just trying to. Try to get better. Try to get like better. That. But what I did was I started watching all of these bad TV sh- like stuff that I said I wasn't going to watch anymore, like the powers, the BFs, you know, all the stuff, the sex and stuff. I said I wasn't going to watch it no more. So it kind of altered my brain, right? Even like how I even was dreaming. I think I, I you and I spoke about how, you know, sometimes I dream, but all of that took a vote. It was like I was no longer operating in purity, right? So purity and sin can also, would you say, affect your mental health goals? People don't realize that, yes. but yes. kind of if works in that rim, same rim. Yeah, like yeah. You're more educated to talk about it than I am. How can living a life of, what is it, impurity, right? Or unholy holiness affect your mental health, in your opinion? Oh, definitely. Uh, holiness is, like I said, the spiritual aspect is the foundation. And based on that foundation is going to determine the infrastructure. So if you have a weak foundation, you're going to have a weak infrastructure. And if the found, and God has already given us the foundation, which is him and his word and how to live. Right. Holy, living holy, and for those that don't know what it means, it means to be different and set apart from the world, from the normal, what the world says. God tells us to live holy because, one, it brings protection. I'll give you an example in the book of in the book of Genesis, and I actually wrote it in my workbook talking about mental health. The word, the garden, was actually a wall, and walls create one. Walls create boundaries. It keeps stuff in and keeps stuff out, but it also brings protection. So God had already put them in a place, physically and spiritually, in a place of protection, and God gave them assignments or commands within that wall. God has got a perimeters and boundaries. And so if we don't have boundaries, there's no protection. If we don't live a life with godly perimeters, even like a fence, then the enemy can creep in. Anything can come in and out. The Bible says, I believe, in uh, Proverbs 28, he that, has, that doesn't have discipline or self-control is like a city without walls. 
So it's like coming home to your house and you all you have no doors, you have no windows. That means any critter and anything can go in and out anytime it wants. So God sets up boundaries so it because it protects us. Amen. It protects us. Holiness, real true holiness, it protects us from the enemy and it keeps that which is dangerous on the outside. And so when it comes to holiness, like I said, and I speak from personal experience, you know, watching pornography perverts the mind. You know, even, I mean, it'll mess up your mind to the point where I was even looking at my cousins and family members and younger girls. Think, and they can suck on a lollipop, and I'm I'm thinking of fellatio right. because I've, I've ingrained that in my mind. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 6 and 4, love God with all your heart, mind, your thoughts, your soul. And 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 if we're going to be com- and love means to commit. It's not this necessarily emotional word in Hebrew. It means to commit or to even nourish something. And so if we're not nourishing our minds with the word of God, then we become mentally emaciated. Um, and so if you don't nourish something, it becomes malnourished. Right. And so if the spirit is malnourished of God and His word, then we can't be committed to God and His word. And and with and without God, everything else becomes a handicap and disabled. And so the grounds for true mental health is God, and we build on that. We don't neglect everything else, but God is the foundation of mental health and holiness. And we have to keep that. Uh, we have to keep that. I'll tell you this as well. Last January, a pastor got us some stuff. A pastor that I know personally got into some things. And I, my heart went out to him. You know, he does have per, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and stuff like that. And I was falling prey to my old habits as a minister and the elder and the preacher into pornography. And and the enemy is very slick, but he he does nothing new. And usually how it worked was when I was down in my spirit or, or not not like I said, if I'm feeling a little down, frustrated about life, that's when the temptation to go back is more potent, I would say. Not that it is stronger, it's just more alluring now, uh, which we call it self-medicating. And so in this, I had this dream. I said, he got in the car, and I said, man, when my mind isn't right, I mess up. And so what God was saying to Twain, you got to keep your mind right. If our mind is not right, and how, how do we keep our mind right? We keep our mind stayed on God. And we can get so distracted, and I'm not going to always call this the devil, because we can distract ourselves mm-hmm. from goals. Sometimes we can even idolize success. If we don't get successful or have the money we want, how we want it now, that thing hurts our focus. And we take our focus off of God, and now we all got depressed because we're not making the money. That's, that's my problem, that, that right there. Yeah, we get depressed, so we ain't making the money. So we're not making money, so what can I do now to make the money? And now I got to start doing, I'd start going back to my old ways and making money or doing this and that to, to you know what I'm saying? So our mind got to stay right. Our mind has to stay focused. And that's something I had to deal with last year. And I and, and and the thing about mental health is ongoing. Nobody is exempt from mental health. From the pastor, bishop, apostle, prophet, everybody has mental health. It's basically how you cycle it, how you regulate it, how you maintain it. And I always connect mental health with physical health. Everybody has a level of health, but it's what we do with that health. Either you can neglect to take care of your physical body or you can you can you can care for it. 
you feed it nutritional foods, you exercise, you work out, you get checkups, you go to the doctor. That's part of that physical health, brushing your teeth, washing your face. That's part of that. that. And same thing mentally. If we don't take care of our minds, then we'll lose our minds. And so, and just like every day, you got to brush your teeth and wash your face. That should happen every day mentally. You might not have plaque today, but you can have plaque tomorrow. You can have plaque next week. You can, if you don't wash your hair after a couple of days, you're going to have dandruff. It's an ongoing cycle that we have to we have to participate in our own health, both physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Wow, so powerful, so powerful. Yeah, so, <laughs> and that's why I had to say like it's more than just the things we don't think about. Like, like when you you mentioned the finances. My finances became hit for many reasons. Even I even tell people like I'm I'm pretty much restarting and rebuilding all of my finances right now. Although I still am an investor, I still have assets. I still have to rebuild myself, but that took a toll on me because I didn't understand what was happening. And now I kind of I think God is communicating with me. All right, well you started to love more money more than me, so I had to take some things. You started to love people more than me, so I had to take some. You started to love real estate more than me, so I had to, you know, start taking that away from you so I can get your focus back on me, right? So that's my story. And I wasn't renewing my mind every day, as you said, right? So with all of those things happening at once, I started feeling like I was falling into a depression. And then it was COVID too, so we wasn't really leaving the house. Well, I wasn't leaving the house as much. You know, I got that lingering in the back of my mind. So not to talk about me, my life. <laughs> Let's talk about how fear plays a part on mental health as well. Fear can be actually a, a good thing depending on how it's projected. Fear in a good way is fear, how fear works is if there is, let's say if I'm on a, on a, on a roof, fear mm -hmm. keeps me from jumping off the roof. Fear has a positive, fear has a negative. And fear can consume us. So it depends on the level of fear. Fear can be a good thing. It can be positive. It can be neutral. But when it comes to mental health, the, the word I would say maybe be anxiety. Okay. Anxiety is that overwhelming fear where you no longer control, control it and it's controlling you. Um, and so when you deal with fear, you want to deal with the root of fear. Why am I afraid? What happened? And one thing I've learned from a spiritual warfare book called by Richard King spiritual warfare and he talks about that we have three parts in our brain the conscious the subconscious and the unconscious and sometimes to get to the root of something is good your body keeps our body keeps score of anxiety trauma and all those things and so what something sometimes what you do to find the root of a thing even anxiety is to close your eyes and think on that thing and your body will manifest give a physical manifestation maybe it's a warm feeling cold feeling vibration or whatever it may be and your body will release some form of gesture uh, when you think on that word. If it's unforgiveness, bitterness, well, a name may pop up, or an idea, or an object that was that that was in the environment, or that happened when that event happened. So, a person may be anxious, don't know why they're anxious, having anxiety, but the anxiety, the root of it, goes back to years. Right. So, I'll give an example. A woman was, let's say, hypothetically was raped. 
and the guy was wearing a red shirt. The body had stored that memory, but now anything red is a trigger. Red apple, red bank, uh, and so forth. So now she's suffering through anxiety because the root is, is the, the trauma is searching with red. And so you want to go back to go forward sometimes. And so now what you want to do is you can retrain your brain and say red is not even red but not harm. That person harmed me. And sometimes our bodies, you stay in that state of defense and protection for 20 years and don't know why. So you want to get to the root and then identify, okay, this man raped me. That's why I'm afraid of, of the color red because he was wearing a red bandana. Right. But red is not the threat. Red wasn't hurting me. It was the man. So now I can begin to differentiate and, and dissect and remove the man from the color. And so when I remove the man from the color, now I can embrace red, but know that the red didn't help hurt me, but it was the man. And so now when you begin to differentiate and separate it, now you can say, okay, I got to the root of it. I am no longer afraid of this because it has control over me. I rebuke this lie. I'm not afraid of red. I have power over red. I have power over the trauma that is associated with anything red and any other environment, trauma, environmental trauma. So I would definitely make declarations. And it's also about our belief system. Also, when it comes to anxiety, breathing, breathing um, exercises help slow the brain down. Hold it for four seconds and release slowly. Also, when it comes to anxiety, I would say exercise, definitely exercise. Working out plays a great part with anxiety. It, it relieves, it, the body releases endorphins, dopamine, relaxation hormones, hormones that help us relax. Walking exercise, sometimes you just got to sweat that stuff out. You got to sweat it out of you. Just to maintain your mental health. Also reading, reading and meditating. Also is proven to go out and walk and look at nature. Your person can also bring in a live plant into their house. There are certain plants that have uh, chemicals in them that help you relax. Uh, bring probably out, even if it's not even a real plant, just the the sight of also having a a a fake plant could also still help with that mental that mental um, stability in that area. I agree. I still have my Christmas tree up. So. <laughs> yeah, we keep up for a little bit. Yeah, last day though, I can't do it to work, but <laughs> <laughs> just the light. You know, the plant, well, the presentation of the tree, it does change your brain. Like even um, making sure your house is clean and organized, like it, although people that may deal with like depression or some type of you know, mental situation, they may not be privy to being clean because of the depression, right? But I do find when I do clean, like it's fresh and clean and everything is clear and there's no clutter. Mentally, I feel a lot better. I feel like, you know, my, my brain is clear. Like, I, I, like, cause you know, if you're, if you're living in clutter, if you're living in dirt, it's kind of like how your brain feels. It feels cluttered. It feels, what's the word? I don't want to say hoarding. Yeah. And I think that's where like people that deal with hoarding, like it's, it's all psychological as well. Right. And we're not going to talk about hoarding. That's a whole other thing. But I'm glad that, okay, I'm just so happy that we're having this conversation. 
And I want to definitely talk about your testimony, your book, and, you know, my bondage and my freedom. What are some of the things that you want to tell us on how, first of all, how do you think you, I don't want to say develop your bondage, but how did you get to where you were? If that makes sense. How did, how did, like, without telling us the whole book, because again, guys, everybody has to go buy this book. Like, it's going to bless you. Even if you never dealt with anything in the capacity that Dr. T has dealt with, go buy the book. It's going to bless some, at least somebody, you know, has dealt with some of the things that, yeah. from his testimony. So go buy it, go read it. Literally, I'm only about 20 pages in and I feel <laughs> the shift of God. And it was really, really, really impactful so far. But how were, how did you, how do you think you ended up with that testimony? When it comes to, I'll say bondage, bondage is really the inability to, to, to control something. For example, I went to a prayer retreat and I told, you know, I grabbed one, I told you one of the young men to come up and I, and I tied his hand, I grabbed his hands behind him and I said, this is bondage. <laughs> you don't have the ability to anymore. So bondage is anything that incapacitates us or takes away our ability, um, the ability to move or to, to and freedom is the ability to, to move and, and the ability to function properly. And so how I got into bondage was one, really my mindset. It all starts in the mind. It started, I would say possibly when I started gaining weight. I started, I started seeing myself as less value because of the weight gain. I saw myself as ugly, no longer attractive because of the weight gain in middle school. And when you have a low self-image, that is a sign that there is some bondage somewhere. But when we don't deal with things, when they're small, they grow and they fester and it gets worse after, after time. And so what you ignore now, is going to bite you later. Right. So, you know, we, we can't we keep covering stuff up over and over and over and expecting it to get better. Things don't get better when we cover it up. They get worse. And so that's what really bondage. And the thing about bondage is, and what the enemy will really use bondage is, something can happen to you, but if you don't expose it and talk about it, we go deeper into bondage. Right. And one of the main things Satan will use is shame. If he can keep us shameful, and feeling humiliated and too embarrassed to talk about it, then he can keep us in bondage. Or he don't even have to do that. Just put a seed, a seed of, of guilt, a seed of condemnation. Don't tell nobody. People go, people go, people gonna think differently about you. I think you're less. So now that seed is in. Now he's done. He just goes somewhere else. But the seed is there. And if the seed is there, and you don't kill the seed and remove the seed, the seed grows in your mind, in your thoughts. And now the seed has become a tree. Mm. And that's that tree bears fruit. Wow. And so when we have situations uh, like myself, it's good to talk about it and it's good to deal with it. Why am I feeling this way? And sometimes thoughts, some, some of our thoughts come from us and some of our thoughts come from outside sources, whether it's people or the enemy. Right. But we have to know which thought, wh where's the origin of this thought coming from? Mm -hmm. And if we don't acknowledge the root of it, it may be a state, maybe a demonic force, and it may be my own base, my own fears, my own perception. 
Right. And it could be, and sometimes our perception is based off of what the world says. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I know you, I'm going to let you say it, but we need to be focusing on what God says about us. Exactly. And I exactly. think, I mean, it took me a long time to understand. I mean, I'm 33, I'm 33. I think I just got it like a couple of years ago. <laughs> like what, what does God say about us? Right. I mean, that's what we need to, first of all, we need to know God. We need to know what he says about us. So when the outside forces or even ourselves, our enemy, right who could be the inner self attacks yeah. us, we can rebuke it with no, but God said this and God said that. And the word of God says this over my life, not this, right? Says that this is my portion. Defeat is not my portion, but victory is my portion, right? So I think Definitely. a lot of what we're battling is because we we're just ignorant to what the Bible says. And I mean, I'm talking to Christians, right? Of course, not people that are, that are not Christians. But that's just so powerful that you said that because everything you're saying I've dealt with in some degree, but it does take, it it, it has to, like, we're talking about molestation. We're talking about rape. We're talking about, at some point, low self-esteem. We're talking about, and a lot of people that's listening, they probably don't even know these things happen. So like, hey, let's, let's be transparent here, right? We're talking about rejection from a father, rejection from a mother. You know, rejection from a baby daddy. I don't want to say baby daddy, but just just craziness, right? And just navigating through that. But I never allowed those things to truly define who I am. Even before I even got to know God on the level I know him now. I did find a way by God's grace, because it was only God, right? By God's grace, he found a way for me to just push through, navigate through, to better myself. Some things I'm still healing. I'm trying to get healing from that I never actually got professional healing from. And then we also have in my bloodline, even though it stopped where it stopped, it hit me. But in my bloodline, I could have been right where you were. We could have been in next door. We could have been in the same room if they allowed it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to, I'm actually going to get into that. Like, for those that may not know, and I think I mentioned it before in the podcast, like I actually had, he unfortunately went on to be with the Lord. But in December, some nights to be exact, I had an uncle who dealt with schizophrenia. And I personally, I always, and I don't like to say this, but I've heard, and it's true, we're all like 2% away from losing our mind, all of us. In a sense, right? Unless we learn how to la- navigate through certain things, but everybody is like almost there. But my uncle, and I don't remember from what age, but from what I remember, pretty much almost all my life, he dealt with schizophrenia and he never came into terms of him being diagnosed with it. So that's what made it harder for his situation. Like he never admitted it. Like he never thought he had it. But when I tell you, just to talk about his character, just a sweet, gentle giant. Like even though he was being tormented by what I think was demons, he was such an angel. Like when he wasn't like when he was talking to you, literally an angel. Like literally, 
So for him to fester and have to deal with all those extra voices, I'm just like, wow, how did this man remain so calm and peaceful and gentle when he wasn't dealing with it? It's quite amazing when I think about it. But before he passed away, I was trying to make him understand, like, listen, what you're dealing with is more spiritual. And maybe I was right, maybe I was wrong. I'm at the point in his life, he had converted to Islam. Somebody got him to convert to Islam. I have nothing against that, but I feel like he also never committed to Christ. And I think that's where the enemy was able to come sneak in from an earlier age and, 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 and take over. What are your thoughts about that? Like, yeah, what are your thoughts? When it comes to that, even that, I'm going to deal with the, 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 like I said, with three parts. Mm-hmm. There's the spiritual, the soulless realm, and the natural. Spiritually, when we separate ourselves from God, there's a, a deterioration that begins to happen, a spiritual deterioration. First Corinthians 15, 33, I believe it says, be not deceived. Let's be not deceived, Paul speaking to Christian. Be not deceived. Good corrupt, corrupt, corrupt. When you surround yourself with corrupt people, you you be you then become corrupt. And so <clears throat> what Paul is saying is even communication corrupts good morals. And so if we are around um that which is ungodly and unrighteous, it will in, eventually influence us spiritually. Paul speaking to Christians that were begin to accept the teachings of unbelievers about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he said, if you continue to go down this path, it's going to morally corrupt you. That Greek word means something. <clears throat> the Greek word, the way it is used is thora, but it means also a miscarriage, abortion. It can mean something corrupt where maggots fester. And so when we begin to be around evil unrighteousness and we accept it and approve of this stuff, it corrupts us spiritually. We start having spiritual miscarriages and spiritual abortions and we get spiritual maggots in our mind and our thoughts. That's the spiritual aspect. <clears throat> but the spiritual aspect will always affect the mental and emotional and the will. The biological aspect is when it comes to even mental health and schizophrenia, head trauma. Head trauma, most people don't even realize head trauma is one of the many causes of mental health. So he could have been hit on the head. He could have went well, He could have played football. He did. That could have called. That's the crazy part. That, yeah, that, he that, played, that. He, he played football. And he also, okay. I think he may have gotten electrocuted. Okay. So head trauma, <clears throat> even what we eat can cause inflammation. There are even gases if the person smokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, smoke cigarettes, or just is exposed to certain toxic gases, um, it can completely distort the brain, which is an organ. An example would be a guy, he, he had married a woman, and he was, the wife would say, he was just this guy, this guy, and so working at this factory, and his whole mood changed. He became aggressive, abrasive, mean, nasty, and she was going to get a divorce, and he didn't know why he had changed. Found out they did a neurological scan on his brain. Found out it was gases at the fact in the at the place he worked that he was inhaling. So gases are very toxic to the brain. That includes smoking, drinking, marijuana. If they're smoking and drinking, 
your brain is gonna affect the brain. Biologically, is gonna affect the brain. There are even brain scans they did with ulcers and and bumps on the brain that keep a person from functioning properly. So sometimes people don't know why they're schizophrenic or bipolar or depressed. They may be exposed to some toxic. They may have had a head trauma. <clears throat> they may not even be getting enough sleep. Right. You know, if you don't get enough sleep, that's not you're not getting enough oxygen to your brain, which can cause psychosis. So it's, it's it can be spiritual, it can be biological, it can be not neurological. Um, it can be what they eat. There was a young man that was having um, temper tantrums. They didn't know why he was having temper tantrums. He was angry, messing up stuff. They found out it was chemical reaction to when he ate a banana. So it depends. Yeah, it depends on what what you may be eating. Wow. So it, like I said, it's spiritual, biological, neurological, and mental. And and it's, 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 as Dr. Gary Amen, I believe, he called it bright, bright minds. It's a whole, we are a tripart being. It, ha- it can't just be just the spiritual. It has to, we have to look at all aspects to see where the root is really coming from. Yeah. And I mean, with your book, well, with my uncle, we never looked at the spiritual at all. Like, I think I just started breaking down the spiritual to him personally. Uh, myself, you know, I'm, I'll say I'm a baby Christian, so it's not that much I can say. Now, if I would have gave him yeah. your book, that might have blessed him. Like, he would have really understood it. But for the last 20 something years, the only thing they've done for him was through medication and maybe therapy. And, That's the only thing yeah. they did. And then also, also hormones. If a person is not getting enough supplements like vitamin D, vitamin D, amino acids, so forth, that can, they've even done tests that people that have less vitamin D, amino acids have a higher percentage of depression. So it's, it can be many things, but spiritually people are, are, I mean, there are cases where even pastors have committed suicide. So sometimes it's not the spiritual aspect, it may be something neurological, biological. Right. So it depends, like I said, and some of it may be spiritual. It depends, right. it really depends. Yeah. And I mean, this conversation, you know, normally they have this conversation in like March, no, October, right? Mental health month, whatever month that is. Yeah. And like you said, it doesn't matter if you're the pastor. I mean, unfortunately, I think in the last couple of years, we saw a pastor kill himself, a young guy, you know, just like, wow, what what was he going through? Like, and, you know, I think, this dialogue has to be said. People, of course, we don't want to come into agreement with declaring those things over our lives. But when you start to see things just not, you're not yourself anymore, you know, you're falling into the salon. Of course, I'm going to say, see God. I mean, that's what truly has been helping, like praying for sure. peace, like praying for peace, no matter what things look like on the outside. Pray for peace and so we're going to talk about probably like, you know, scripture that they can look up at some point. But not only that, get help. Go talk to somebody. In our community, there's a lot of diagnosed people out there. Okay. The mother family members. There's a lot of, as well. you know, a lot of, you know, women and men from our community are undiagnosed. Yeah. Now. We have a lot of things that we are still working through. We have a lot of generational curses that we're still trying to break, you know, 
from poverty. Poverty alone could be stressful, right? Yes. But, uh, you know, and they wonder why our communities are full of crime. Like they, people out here like, I'm going to get it some way or another. And, you know, not only in our, in, in the U.S., we're talking about throughout the world, poverty, stress, crime, all related, depression, all related. So again, we have to tackle it. We have to do what we need to do. And I think as entrepreneurs, both of us, we don't talk about this enough. Health as well. Mental health as well. Also physical health as well. What I also want to say is we know how your bondage started. Let's talk about how your freedom started. How did you break free of your bondage? Uh, I broke free when I wanted to honestly want to live godly, want to live a holy life for God. It's self-evaluation on myself. Um, then God showed me a dream about my spiritual state, being in darkness. Um, darkness is separation from God. That's what it is. Darkness is separate. We've all said that fallen short of his glory. So when we are separated from God, one, you're never going to have real peace until you're reconciled with God through Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I got free during a revival. Demons began to manifest my experience. Actually, I got exposed to witchcraft as well, which really projected me at the whole other level. And so, demons got cast out, and the Holy Spirit came to live and dwell within me. And I had never been the same. It's completely, totally life. But even after having freedom through the, that weak experience of revival, still had to maintain my freedom um, and learn how to do spiritual warfare, learn how to renew my mind, learn how to decide and learn what's right, what's wrong, and grow and grow in the freedom that God has given me and walk in it. And so and so the power of God does, can do things medication cannot do. They they was put me open me up with medication. It couldn't help me at all. But it was the power of God that broke you know, what Dotless can't do, God can always do. So I say it starts with God. Amen. Amen. Like I feel like I should, actually, I actually, I I did something actually last January, last March. Did a Bible study, and I told him, I told the young man my testimony. And one of the young men, the, the, his aunt, hit me up last year, told me the testimony. He he was on medication. And I told him, I, we, my mother and I will trust God to get off medication because it wasn't helping at all. He got off medication and, and he didn't tell anybody, got off medication and trusted God. And now he's a supervisor Change changed his whole life. So, you know, some of us will put so much faith in man's solutions, and man's prescriptions. And I'm not knocking it. If it works for you, then keep going. With sometimes it. you need like both. You see, yeah, sometimes you need both. But if it ain't working, then, then something ain't working. There's a lady that had an issue of blood for over 18 years, 12, over 12 years. She went everywhere she could go, but until she came to Jesus, it is the power that was in Christ that went into her and through her that set up free. And some of us are seeking prescriptions, but prescription is not the power of God either. So God can heal neurological trauma. God can heal the trauma of molestation. God can heal the cellular 
trauma of molestation. God can heal every aspect of our beings. Man can only do so much. Man can repair, but can he restore? I believe God can do all parts. Amen. <laughs> no, like, like, oh God, I just hope this episode goes viral. Like, this is probably the best episode I've ever done. And again, because it is so dear and near to my heart, that I personally have dealt with a family member that you know, unfortunately, and I was praying for his supernatural healing, even though he, you know, was Muslim. I didn't care. I, I still knew God was going to get a testimony out of it. But I am at peace with what happened, you know. At least it wasn't nothing violent. At least it was something peaceful. He was just eating his dinner, you know. It wasn't that, oh, he attacked somebody or somebody attacked him. So we just thank God. Mm-hmm. Literally, while he was in the mental institution, some one of the other patients stabbed somebody to death. So that could have been him because it was the next room over, literally. So I just think God is nothing. It was nothing violent, you know? Yeah. And so I'm at peace with the situation. He was waiting for his freedom, his, his natural freedom. But I do feel like spiritually he is now free. So that's how I said that night with the situation. But for those who are battling or dealing with the more higher forms of mental health, what do, what's your final advice for them? Now, if you gave a lot, the whole episode has been a lot of great information, but what is something they can do today? And and maybe some of them never surrendered to Christ. Like I think my uncle never did, right? Uh, I even I even have a little sister. She I'm gonna tell her to listen to this. Um, but she's also she's her mother was a Christian, but her mother went on to be with the Lord. But she right now she's not a Christian. So what do you say to those? And I mean, I guess this is, this might be a call of salvation. <laughs> I haven't started doing that yet, but you're in a better position to do it than me. But what is, what do you recommend them do today to get on the right side with God, to surrender their life, to try Jesus, right? He is the truth. He's the light. What are your thoughts on that? What, what would you say? The first place, like I said, I'll say this. <clears throat> when God created man. He was he 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 made he gave him form. The Bible says he had no life. The Bible says God breathed life into Adam, and he and then he became a living soul. So God gave him form, structure, method, a body. Didn't have blood in him. He didn't have life in him, and so that is what our lives are like. It's just a dead carcass without God. God gives us function. God gives us motion. God gives us ability. And without the breath of God, we will be lifeless. God is the fuel for man. God is the fuel of man. God is the blood of man. God is the origin of man. And if we reject the one that created us, then we will be lifeless regardless. I would say to those, make sure you are aligned with the breath of God so God can breathe into you. It's like Jesus said, I came to give. I came to give life. I came to give it. I came to breathe into you life 
Some of you are spiritually suffocating. Why? Because there's a lack of oxygen spirit. You need the life of the Holy Spirit living in you. God, God, breathe it. That's what you need to say. God, breathe into me. Breathe into me every place that's wounded, hurt, and broken. Breathe into me your righteousness, your grace, your mercy. Breathe into me and breathe into every broken place that has been hurt. Breathe the love of God and righteousness of God into every unrighteous place in my life. That is when you begin to live. When the breath of God hits your spirit, hits your mind, hits your heart. That is when you live. He became a loving, he began to live when God breathed. And some of us, we exist, but we're not living until the breath of God comes to breathe in us and live on us. And it's the breath of God that gives us function and purpose. It is the breath of God that gives us purpose. Submit to God. Submit to the God you already know. God, the Bible says God has put eternity already on the inside of us. We are made in his image. We are his representatives. God wants us to represent him. It starts with God, and it's going to end with God. I would also definitely say, take care of your body. Exercise. Find someone with a, that is spirit-filled, a spirit-filled therapist, and get a support group and a community of people that can understand what you're going through and that can help you go beyond, go, go beyond what, what, your, what your, your goals are. But it first starts with God. But you also need community because none of us can do this by ourselves. God said it's not good that man be alone. You don't need, you can't do this by yourself. And I really believe there are people I'm definitely, I've been trying to help, but because they refuse to get into a community, they're still in bondage. Mm-hmm. They're still in bondage. There are so many people I have tried to help, even within, my, I know I'm able to help them, but they won't even listen to me. So arrogance and ego will keep you bound. God, whenever God delivers somebody in, in the Old Testament and the New, he did it through a person or people. God uses people to help people. Some folk want to wait for an angel to come from the sky, God to come you sit in their bedroom. Exactly. You are the but one. but they want they they want that celestial angel, you know, to come down with the lights and all that stuff. But God has sent someone like me to help. Yeah, I think you are. Oh my goodness, you are definitely a walking miracle, a walking testimony. And continue, no matter if we think, you know, some people may reject you, continue to spread the word of God, share your testimony to everybody that you even, you know, you come across, right, when you're led to. I feel like I'm just going to be, send me a link to your book so I can put it on. <laughs> but no, like, I'm like, I didn't even finish the book and I, it, it was just like, you rocked my whole world the last week. Okay, literally. So I know, I know with your book and with, of course, the Bible, people are going to have breakthroughs. You're, there's another young lady that actually was on the podcast. She dealt with mental health. She is now, she was delivered. She is medication free. Like, yeah. I mean, you're talking about a young lady that was suicidal in the psych ward. But it took one person to just invite her to a church. But that church helped helped her a lot. God used that church to help her get delivered from, I forgot what she had, but it doesn't even matter. Because it can happen to any of us at any moment. Yeah, yeah, okay? definitely. So it doesn't even matter what kind of illness she had. <clears throat> but I could sit here and say right now, she done gra- she's about to graduate with her master's. 
She's medication free. She is filled with the Holy Ghost. She's delivered. Okay. That's what I need to know. And 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 you know, the thing about it is I've had somebody read my book. One lady in particular wrote a a comment and said when I was reading your book, stuff that I had not dealt with came back up. And she got to heal from that trauma that opened. So, you know, what may work for one person may not work for another. Right. You know, so and it was the power of the Holy Spirit that works and does the work. Amen. So what's next? All right. So let's talk about what you have going on. Real talk with Dr. T. Tell us where yeah. we can find it. What days it, it's released your podcast? <laughs> well, uh, I don't have a specific date. I work with my, my guest and we work around okay. according to our schedule. So, but it's, it's it's available on major platforms, podcasts like Spotify, Anchor. I'm just typing my name, Antoine Thurston, uh, or Real Talk with Dr. T. Going to see my picture and everything on there. I have like maybe over 15 episodes so far. Nice. Um, I talk about mental health, trauma, grief, success, singleness, relationships, all those type of things. Anything to do to bring transformation and to just renewal of the mind and empowerment. And so, but next, my next assignment is to, this is my book. My second book, volume two, is actually the sequel to the first book I just wrote. It's, it's a continuation of things I've had to learn, things I've been through after I had my freedom. Because sometimes people see, you know, the, we preach it in the pulpit and we're saved, we feel the Holy Ghost, but we still have issues. We still have things. That I, I realized even after I got free, I still had some trauma. Right. I still had some trauma from years ago, even from the loss of my dad. Um, even from previous things I had to work through and work over and process. And, you know, freedom is continuous. You know, you may be free in your finances, but you might be bound in your soul or your mind. Come on. You may be free in one area, bound in another. And there are different levels of freedom. So, you know, salvation is freedom, but the Bible says we to also be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So that says one thing to me. You can be saved and born again and still not really be changed to some degree. You know, you still be a caterpillar and be saved, you know, but you never become the butterfly. And that's what Paul was saying in Romans 12. You're saved and you're born and you're justified by faith, but are you being transformed into the person of Christ um, like we should be? It doesn't mean a person isn't, but they just haven't reached that level of maturity and transformation. Amen. So it's an ongoing thing. I right. This blessed me, this podcast. I'm going to go back and listen to it <laughs> on my own life. And I was sending it to my mama, my daddy, my auntie, everybody. Because <laughs> I feel personally that needs to hear this. And I'm like, no, you got to listen to this today. Yeah, that was great. I'm looking forward to the book, the second book. I bought the first book as the ebook. So, yeah, I couldn't be blessed with this book today. Tell them what your website is so you can go or where to find the book. The yes, my book, my book is available on every large platform, Books a Million, Barnes and Noble, online store, Amazon. Um, but if they want an autograph book from me, they can go to my website at www.antoinedthurston.com. That's A-N-T-O-I-N-E, the letter D-T-H-U-R-S-T-O-N. Awesome. Then I'm also available on Instagram and Facebook. Just type in Antoine Thurston. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So outside of the, the 2.0 of my bondage and my freedom, what's next for Dr. T? Well, I'm 
I'm not, I don't like to disclose everything, but I'm working with some mental, mental health organizations. Sorry, please. I'm working in my community. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So just start over. So you said you're. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm working with some mental health organizations for the faith side, for the faith aspect. Because, like you said before, mental health is just taboo in the church. You know, it's just something we don't like to talk about, like to disclose, or even the pastor don't know how to deal with it. So I'm going to be one of the main, one of the catalysts for it you know, the face for with this organization. So push, push, push it forward with it more. That's so, that's so awesome. Now, are you a doctor in theology? What kind of yeah, are you? Doctor in theology. Okay. Okay. So the church that I feel like God is leading me toward, I'm in transition. And I don't know how that's going to go. But the church that God is leading me towards is a church that the young lady I was telling you goes to. And the prophetess of the church, she actually has a degree with the mental health and uh, psychology. And, you know, she was one of the people that helped this young lady come deliver. And I just, I think that God, especially in this, this part of, I don't know, people are saying the end days, but I don't know, part of this life, right? Especially post-COVID, a lot of people, they're dealing with depression because of isolation and stuff like that but i feel like god he has to make more people like you and her to help his people you know what i'm saying like you guys that's your mandate so i just i'm so excited to see where you're headed in that space of course however you need me to advertise what you're doing let me know however i need to support let me know and congratulations so i'm really happy for you and we thank god that he is using you in that capacity Thank you. Thank you, Diata. Appreciate it. Yep. Well, this was great. Thank you for coming on. Everyone, make sure you go, first of all, make sure you go at Dr. Thurston on all social media platforms. Antoine Thurston, go to his website, get the book, look out for the second book, and make sure you go listen to his podcast. And then make sure you also subscribe to the Journey to Develop Her podcast on Instagram, on YouTube and all podcast platforms such as Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. Make sure you support the podcast. That's what your love is your currency at this point. And it's keeping this podcast going. And we just thank you all for your support. And we thank God for giving us both the vision to operate in obedience, right? So everyone take care. God bless. And we hope you are well. Bye. Let's check back.